Today we're going to be talking about the films Death Note and Leap, and then we're going to dive into our Tube Talk segment where we're going to cover the season finale of Game of Thrones and Atypical, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. And everybody, I am here with Joel Ice Ice Baby Cunningham. <laughs> That's hilarious, actually. Were you? I, the reason I'm laughing at this, I watched a review just this uh, this is last yesterday um, of the Ice Ice Baby film. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, the head of Vanilla Ice film. Oh my god! Which is hilarious that you called me out on that and you didn't even know it. I didn't even know that. Yeah, just so just, people know, I'm I always. Just, I was just thinking of you know dragons and stuff yeah i like to go out there <laughs> and i like to watch reviews by other people on films and sometimes i'll watch reviews on films i've never seen before because it's interesting and so i was like oh a review on the vanilla ice nice <laughs> so yeah it was actually really funny but uh yeah that is hilarious who yeah. am i today Joel? so today i'm with matt can't clap hey that's who i'm with <laughs> you just changed that huh? i did I have, I have another nickname for next week because i was gonna say it but you can't clap today so it's true yeah i've tried clapping multiple times and have failed miserably yeah i hope that's not a sign of your energy level it might you're be unable to get your clap together. It might be. Maybe I can't. it's just bad yeah. management of your hands. It's just terrible. My coordination. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So, anyways, welcome to the show, everybody. This is a real review podcast. Um, and just so you know, if you if you're unfamiliar with what we do, um, we take two uh, ends or two extremes, I guess, of film criticism. Yeah. Uh, from they're like a moderate extreme. Yeah, moderate extreme. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so you have Joel, who's more uh, cynical, maybe negative, but more yeah. nitpicky, more in the details, more about the cinematography and the the shadows and the lights and the ethereal ambiance. You're saying this after I just finished critiquing you on, on right. what you're saying. So yeah, kind of fits. Maybe that's yeah. a that's a big extreme. Anyways, yeah. but I'm on the other side where I might be a little bit more emotionally unstable, and different things may. Uh, rub me the wrong way just yeah. because I don't feel like it was emotionally fulfilling or I didn't have fun <laughs> or maybe I did have a ton of fun and the movie's terrible but I might give it a little bit more grace because I'm like yo that was fun it's a good way of putting it Matt yeah so you did well we take those two together we make the real review and we give you kind of a well balanced of sorts thought on a film yes. so that's that's or what show. we do yeah or show yeah. or show yeah, yeah you got it and um, But other than that, Joel, why don't you tell everybody how they can get connected with us? For sure. So there's some great ways to get connected with the podcast. Uh, to start, you can check us out on our website, which is realreviewmedia.com. Love to get connected with you there. It's and true. then additionally, we have a Facebook, which is facebook.com slash realreviewmedia, uh, forward slash realreviewmedia. And then we have our, twi- our Twitters and our Gram, our Instagram. Uh, you can get connected with us on there on both of those platforms by searching us at Real Review Media. Yes. Yes. And then, of course, we've always seen this, but we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, and find out your thoughts and perspectives, suggestions on films or television shows you want to hear us give our thoughts and reviews on. And so you can reach us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Do it. Please. Yes, please do that. <laughs> we want to hear from you. Please. We want to hear from you. Give us give, give us some thoughts maybe on uh, yeah some reviews Sounded or a little desperate things. Now. Yeah. Please. <laughs> please send me some. I know. I'm tired of getting emails from Joel every week, guys. So please. I'm just testing it, Matt. I'm making sure it's still working. No, I'm kidding. It's all good. But yeah. hey, um, let's let's do this because I'm, I'm, I'm actually 
kind of excited the way we're going to do this because uh-huh. it's not a traditional like what's the big release in the theaters because let's be serious there wasn't really any huge releases this no. week um but there was one huge release and it was on netflix and that is death note yes and i do want to get uh started in that because i did get a chance that you got to see it too right i did yep. so um, just to kind of give you a breakdown, this is a synopsis. Light Turner, a bright student, stumbles across a mystical notebook that has the power to kill any person whose name he writes in it. Light decides to launch a secret crusade to rid the world of evil. So um, this is based off an anime. Uh, let me give you kind of a breakdown who's in it, too. You have Nat Wolf, You have uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Margaret Qualley, uh, Shea Wiggum, William Defoe, um, Jason Lyles, and a number of other people. Mm-hmm. So... It's based off of anime. Yes. And uh, it's a short run anime, that, but it's it's beloved mm-hmm. by many. Yes. And, and it's directed. I'm not trying Adam, to change it. That's right. Too much. But yeah, by Adam Wingard. Is it Wingard? Wingard. 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 So right. it's not like wing, it's Wingard. <laughs> Wingard. So yeah. he's done a fairly large amount of horror films. Yes. VHS series one and two. Um, He did um, uh, Blair Witch. Yeah. New one. Neighbor. Was it Neighbor? Uh, or something like that? No, no. Or he did... Uh, uh, the Guest. The the Guest, which the guest. was actually pretty good. Yep. He also did... Uh, Your Next. Your Next. That's yes. the one. That's the one. Yeah. Um, And he's also currently being listed as the director for Kong versus Godzilla. Or I think it's Godzilla versus Kong. Right. So that's one of the reasons why I was interested in this mm-hmm. is to see because that's a pretty huge leap to go. I think Kong did have some almost horror-like elements to it right. out of all the films that uh, um, have kind of popped up of a more action genre. That was yeah. one that came out. That it uh, There was just, you know, moments of people getting ripped apart and heads yeah, coming off. Yeah, less with and Kong, the, but more, more with like the other creatures Right, the on creatures the on the yeah. island. But I was really interested to see kind of how he was able to make the jump in a sense because this is... This is a horrific kind of styled film, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of suspense, a lot of mystery, um, kind of tension of what's going to happen. Right. So, yeah. And it's based on the anime. Yes. Based on the anime. Yes. Um, I am not, I have, I have not seen the anime, but a ton of people love it. You've seen a few episodes? Yes. I've seen okay. two episodes. Okay. Um, just to kind of get an introduction into the idea of it. As I mentioned, I, well, we talked about this in the coming soon. I kind of had somebody spoil for me in regards to kind of how the story plays out in oh, the really? anime. Okay. And since you've seen this now, when people are hopefully seeing this and reviewing it, I can kind of talk about it a little bit. I'm not going to spoil the ending as far as the, the anime goes, because I will say that these two projects, these two things are strongly enough different yeah. that you can definitely watch each and look at them existing on their own merits and their yeah. own legs for sure. Yeah. And that, I, I did like the sense that I got to watch this without having any real idea of what the anime was. Yeah, and I tried to have that approach with it. Yeah. So, because I had, like I said, I had the ending spoiled for me for the anime, so I never gave it kind of its full run. Right, yeah. But I have heard many good things, and at some point I'm going to try to go check that out. Cool. Um, and I think this was good sort of lead-in maybe for that, because I've seen sure. it. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on this, but I didn't necessarily think this was amazing. No, it wasn't. So... Maybe I can kind of get a better taste for some of the reasons for why people like it so much by going and watching it now. Right. So um, let me start with what I liked, I guess, in in this. Um, All the, let's just say all the problems I had with this movie aren't really, I don't feel like are Adam Wingard's fault. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was directed pretty well. I kind of like some of the visual styles. Plus I'm a horror guy. I like what he's done in the past with that stuff. He's, he's good with, yeah, he's good with the way 
things look. I like. Yeah. He definitely has a very strong horror style. Even in this film, right. the moments of just gore yeah. were very viscerally like, wow, shocking. There, there, you know, there like are some like Final Destination scene. things too. Yeah, like, like, I mean the very first scene of the guy getting his head knocked off by a ladder. Right. <laughs> You're I mean, like, whoa. Yeah, and it's not just like it pops off. It's like blood it and, explodes. you know, yeah, brain yeah. bits and pieces yeah. are everywhere. Yeah. It's so. jarring in that sense, for <laughs> very, sure. Very jarring. But the yeah. setup for that is very Final Destination too. It's true. Um, and I was like, that's weird. But I'm glad they didn't keep doing that. It wasn't like that. But um, I liked that. I liked the... There's a guy, uh, Lakeith, who plays L. I liked him. Um, I did a little bit of research after that. Turns out he's very much kind of like the character in the anime. Um I, I maybe maybe not yeah light as far as the end. no not light L oh L yes his yes. mannerisms for sure right that's what I'm talking He's about very L. close yes yeah, yeah. I thought you said light I no no not light L I wasn't paying attention man it's all good they both start with L <laughs> they do yeah it's kind of the same a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> true true that um I also liked William Defoe as uh, Ryuk Ryuk yeah yep. I would I would say this too though about L in particular. As far as what I saw saw in the anime, and I haven't seen the later portions of it, but he's much more controlled in the anime. Okay, he's a lot more. He's not emotionally unhinged, like right? And the, okay. in the the movie here, the I mean, the character was good, and he did yeah. a good acting job with it. But it was like woman, and he's over here, and then yeah. da, 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 da. I didn't. I at least from what I've seen, he was much more like da 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 yeah. da, 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 da da yeah. You know, very controlled. I liked um I liked him. I liked uh Defoe as Ryuk, the like death god. Yeah, I thought he, he was great. He was cool. I thought the design was really cool. Um, and I thought it was interesting too, because there's a, there's a scene where light is looking at like the picture of what, like what I thought, uh, Ryuk looked like in the anime. Mm -hmm. He's like researching death God or death gods or whatever. And it like looks like Ryuk that like yeah. animated drawing of him. Yeah. And I liked this portrayal better and you didn't actually see the full like animated face, maybe with an exception of two times. Right. Most times it's just the red eyes. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool looking. Like, I was like, that's pretty creepy looking. Yeah, the thing. way that they blurred him a lot of times yeah. in the shots and had him kind of in the background. Yeah. And they kind of used that depth of field to make yeah. him kind of like just a, almost like a monster right. form and shape. That was very effective. Yeah. There was a couple moments, I think, where they got like close-ups on his hand and stuff. And I could tell that it was kind of like, it looked very like foam fingery almost. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> Your fingers are huge. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, yeah. It just, it looked, it, it looked a little jarring because yeah. I think the, like the CG version of him was well, like just modified like a little bit. Yeah. Which brings me, okay, that, Okay. I don't know how much CG versus like actual costume they used in this. Did you watch your thing. credits? No. Oh yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that, so that's fair. Yeah. They used some. Uh, mostly his face was open. Just a face, part yeah. Pretty much, but they didn't show you a lot of his face, so they kind of kept those shots to a minimum. It seemed right. like. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as far as that's concerned, I thought the the story was okay. Um, uh, but that's really it. I mean, I like some of the characters. Um. I don't want, I don't know if I, there's a lot that I really like about it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of directorial, I don't know if it's director. I don't know if at, it was Wingard's choice or not in, in the music or not, but I had some strong opinions about that. But mm -hmm. what other things, what things did you like about it? I liked most of what you've just said as well. I really, at, at times I really enjoyed this style the overall sense of kind of like with the cinematography and the cutting, the, the cutting, cutting, the cutting, the cutting <laughs> and the pacing, as well as just the shot selection and the color, the mm -hmm. way that they use the color in in the shots, yeah, was very effective to me at times and really gave me 
an intense a sense of intensity with the film. Yeah. So I did like that. I know that there's some people out there that really couldn't stand the style. Right. And a lot of it does actually have to do with the music. Right. Because it set a sp- certain kind of tone. Right. Um, and that, it bleeds into some of the more negatives for me as well. Yeah. Um, the style. Because time, there was times where it was very effective and then there was other times where it felt like it was a little bit more, I, I don't know, it, everything felt purposeful and everything felt like the direct, like Wingard had put that there for a reason and it mm-hmm. wasn't just to do something ridiculous but at the same time it, it felt like kind of overpowered the, the the character's story yeah so it was more just about like this kind of weird music cue with this visual effect yeah. but then there was other moments where it worked really well for me a good example would be like the dance closer to the end of the mm-hmm. film when they, you kind of find out what's happening right. like a bigger part of the picture comes in I don't want to spoil anything necessarily with the film but the relationship that's the main focus of pretty much the entire film yeah is sort of in question at this point, and that's there. There was a very effective usage of slow motion and color, yeah. um, and cinematography at that moment, and it really elicited a feel. Yeah. But then there's other times where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah, um, um, yeah. So that's going to bring me, I think, to kind of my negatives, and I, if I will say, um, the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me that bugged me is that this it feels so rushed. It feels like it could have been a ten part. Uh, season yeah. uh, Netflix and they crammed it into an hour and 45 minutes Yep, and it starts I mean it's just there's not a lot of time um, to get to know some of these characters there's not a lot of time to get their motiv- motivations their backgrounds one I would have liked to see um, there could have been like a whole like intro to an episode about L and his history and his background. Yeah. Um, the emotional mood swings that we we're, we were talking about with L probably would have been earned a little bit more because he would have gotten this even temperedness until like maybe the very end, like yeah. when things really get crazy. Yeah. Um, and the the other thing in addition to that, I did not like light. Mm-hmm. I did not the, the character. I, I think maybe the actor did okay with what he had, but I don't. I don't know what I can't compare it to the anime because I don't know it, but I didn't. I did not like. Um, I guess I just don't fully get his motivations. The idea is cool, where he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and just instead of just being a bully and, and killing the people that are mean to me or mean to people I know, he's like, I'm gonna legit like take out like you know terrorists, like top ten most wanted people, you know." And, yeah. Um, I was like, "That's a cool idea." Uh, but how he got there didn't work. And with him, and this is this is a scripting thing. There was there was times where he tried to bring levity to a situation that I giggled at because one, I wasn't sure if he did it on purpose. The first time he sees Ryuk, his scream is atrocious. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like it sounded like an ADR like girl scream, like yeah. kind of like ah, you know, like that's what it sounded like. What? <laughs> yeah. So I was laughing and I was yeah. like, this is supposed to be an intense moment, and it's totally not. Um, and then, um, the, the, the finger joke, like he's like, like the death note, right? Riek is explaining, you know, these are the rules and he, and like, he just in passing goes, man, your fingers are huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and stuff like that. I, I didn't, I don't know if it felt, I couldn't get the tone fully. There was a time in the middle where I did this montage that where it really felt chopped up yeah. where he's like ridding the world of bad guys. And, um, it, it was cool. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see more of that. Basically, in since they created like a persona, yeah, um, for people to follow. But mm-hmm. I don't know. So, what were your, some of your your bigger bigger gripes? issues? I, 
I think one of the bigger gripes that I had is that there was, in a sense, by the end of the film and throughout the most of the course of it, there was a lack of clear antagonist. Mm-hmm. There was definitely sort of a back and forth antagonistic type thing between L and Light, and that was kind of beyond the relationship with Mia and Light. Mm-hmm. That was like the secondary kind of plot, is, I didn't you like know, Mia. whether or I not had issues with Mia. I actually liked Mia really? the most because I felt like she had a lot of like underlining depth to her character that kind of slowly flushed itself. I'm maybe giving them way too much credit here, but I don't feel that way. Right. At all, well, okay. <laughs> the fact that like in the moment where she's like, I was just a cheerleader. I was nobody. And then you can tell that she's kind of always been on the outs and always been kind of bored with life. And then this has been as like much as she, exciting. right. As much as she loves light, she also loves the idea that her life had meaning and purpose and that there was things that were happening that were huge. And she was a part of that. And that excited her as to enough to do the things that she did throughout the course of the film. Right especially when it came to her relationship with Light. Um, so I, I liked her character, and I thought that it was in a way real yeah. and realistic, the way that it played out. Light, to me, was a bit unrelatable. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get where he was coming from with a lot of it because the initial idea of his, and this is something that's revealed at the very beginning of his mom dying, and you know immediately like the first thing he's going to do is get vengeance for right. the death of his mom. And he does that. And that was kind of a big, because they make that the very beginning, like the main reason for why he's causing all these problems with right. his social life and why he's having problems at school. And that gets resolved within like the first 15 minutes of the mm-hmm. film. And then after that, you don't really get another sense of how he's progressed as a character and why he's doing the things that he's doing beyond just him wanting to be with this girl, Mia. Right. Which that's okay. I mean, if the, if he really felt desperate to be with her, then maybe, but he then he kind of was like, well, screw you. I don't want to do what you yeah. want. So there was no desperation there in the relationship. I didn't so, buy their relationship. I had a hard time I like, did buying into it. because they were in high school. And it felt like a realistic portrayal of what a high school relationship. Right. It's all based upon physical no attraction yeah. with like just we're doing crazy fun things together yeah. and there's like no depth there. We don't care. You know, who cares okay. about the repercussions? Like YOLO. That It, it totally <laughs> felt like that was a very realistic portrayal of a high school relationship. Oh, I'm so glad he didn't say YOLO. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but um, so I didn't like Light though because I felt like as smart as he, they it felt like the movie wanted to portray him as an intelligent character. But he wasn't that intelligent until a certain part. And again, I don't want right. to spoil that. But as the events of the plot kind of play out, you realize where his intelligence lies. But that was never really there. He's kind of playing on the, like, he's on the run for a big chunk of the right. movie. I didn't feel like that part was earned either. Right. That part, like, I exactly. felt like it felt like it should have been something that could have worked over seven episodes. Yeah, and, and, I, then... that, and that's something we talked about as well in the coming soon. That's one of the main reasons why, I mean, it's difficult in general to take a, a property that's a television show and it's stretched out of the course of however many episodes, like numerous episodes, each and each, every episode, if it's a good one has its own sort of self-contained plot and story structure and emotional shift and everything like that. If a good show, which death note, I'm pretty from what I've seen is it's hard to take that and then turn that into one film that runs for like maybe an hour and a half, two hours right. and try to get that much character development and that much progression forward. And this felt like, to me, it should have been two films. It felt like it should have been split into, you know, a two-part thing of kind of where... And I I could have made up story things that could have happened. Yeah. But it really felt like we never got a sense of, like, the whole um, Kira character yeah. that he made up. Yeah. Um, it never got a... Like, we never got any build to the fact that that's, like, suddenly a god in yeah. people's eyes. It was just, like, a, a montage of, like, this happening and this happening and this happening and now they're a god. Yeah. 
And then that kind of plays out a couple times and a couple moments in the story. And it's like, well, if I had gotten more of a sense of them building that character and why they really wanted to, I, I don't know. There just Again, wasn't- Again, rushed. Yeah, rushed. It just it just yeah. really felt like things were thrown together in regard to that. And then there was a couple elements at times with other things like with his dad, where it's like things were happening and progressing with his dad and with Elle and the way that the dad makes a shift and kind of gets involved in things was its own sense of just like, whoa, that just came out of nowhere. I think the main problem is that because it felt so rushed, I was aim- unable to connect with it as deeply as I wanted to. Um, and it's weird to say that it's a bad film because I didn't get enough, yeah. but that's kind of what it felt like. Yep. It felt like if they had kind of slowed it down a little bit and played things out, I mean, there were some moments where there was effective tension. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about the dance and everything yeah. like that. If they had, had more moments like that, where there was like an attention building kind of scene, like attention building scene with Ryuk when they're interacting with each other would have been awesome. There's like right. one yeah. and it happens in the kitchen and it's yeah. like, it's over briefly. And then that moment's not even talked about again, where he's like, you know, you can write my name, but you're only, the only person's ever gotten over is two letters. And yeah. then, but then that's never like brought up again. Right. Um, so I felt like that was a bit bad. I felt like the fall that we had over the course of the film a little bit, and I'm spoiling things a little bit, but sort of the fall that we had for L. Yeah. I It wasn't earned. Exactly. It, uh, it was it like, earned. it was just, it was a shift from one to the other. It was like, he's kind of unraveling, he's kind of laughing, and then boom, he's like willing to kill. Yeah. You know? And so that wasn't earned, and so I didn't feel like it was relatable and connectable. So that that was kind of the biggest thing. The thing is, he's interesting. I mean, his character's interesting. Some of the things they, pers- like, you know, him having the background that he has and yeah. like where he comes from, like, that's super fascinating, but it's super glossed over and yeah. you don't really learn any about it. Well, I mean, because they go into the whole orphanage thing. Right, right, right. Which I thought that was silly. I, I really didn't. Well, I thought it was silly too because it wasn't, I feel like they, if they're going to go with that route. If they spent some time yeah. showing his childhood, showing yeah. him actually in the childhood, that would have been understandable. Yeah. And again, I will just say this because there's, potentially people listening that have watched the anime. And I think we're both at this point trying to just, I, you haven't seen it all, but right. I've seen a couple episodes. I'm really just trying to argue this on the merits of the film. Right. Exactly. In and of itself. Um, because I, I haven't seen enough of the anime to know for better or worse, if they've done something that they didn't do in the anime right, right. with L or not. Um, but if they'd spent more time developing him out as a character and giving you a bit more of the backstory, I think like, you know, you said this when we were talking about it earlier, I mean, it's like the movie starts, you get a brief little snippet of the relationship that he's going to have with Mia through the looks, and then the like the tension that's built up with the bad guy, one of the bad guys is the high school the high school bully. Yeah. Um, and then the notebook drops. Yeah. And then it's like, go. And it's like, well, if you had spent a little more time developing him as this kind of like relatable, like bad guy that's really intelligent... And maybe not even relatable, but just this really intelligent guy that's just very somber and very antisocial and disconnected from people, then it would have been a lot more interesting to me. But if it, instead he just felt like a high school kid yeah. that found this notebook and then just kind of stumbled into this and was like, yeah, like, why not? Let's just do this because yeah. I've got nothing else going on in my life and this hot girl thinks it's awesome. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the only reason that I'm slightly in favor of this film is, again, because of the style elements. Yeah. And... I did find, because of the reasons that I mentioned, the relationship between Mia and Light to be somewhat interesting yeah. and relatable. So, like a train wreck. I like that. I like that. Um, Wingard, is pretty much, and he did it in the guest too, because the guest isn't really a horror movie. It's more of a thriller, action thriller. Yeah. Um, not even action, more of a drama thriller. Yeah. So it's like he he has the same like stylistic approach in every movie. 
that he like it's very it always borrows from his horror background yeah and i like that going into something like a godzilla versus kong mm-hmm. um because that's scary yeah and i think if you can bring that uh to it then then awesome yeah. but i have to look into it later. For some reason, I thought somebody else was doing King Kong and Godzilla. It, it just has him listed right now, but okay. maybe he's not. I don't know. But that's it's got him listed as the director for that on uh, IMDb. So. Okay. Oh, sorry. Godzilla 2 is the one that I'm kind of gotcha. iffy about. That's yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. who did Krampus. And Correct. I was so disappointed by yeah, that movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say this. I don't know if I fully explained. I don't want to go too much more into detail. We've talked about this for a while. But um, I felt like there wasn't a clear antagonist. Right. I think... You didn't really know who was supposed to be the bad guy in the film. And you can get away with something like that, but only if you can still relate to some of the characters right. and sort of the struggle that they're going through. The struggle in and of itself can be the the main cause for conflict and tension and antagonism in the story. But there wasn't there was it felt like they were kind of slowly pushing you, like maybe me as the, the antagonist, maybe L's the antagonist. Maybe his dad's the antagonist. Maybe, maybe Ryuk. Ryuk's the antagonist. Yeah. Maybe he himself is the bad guy. But you never really got a strong sense of anybody being that actual it's bad like guy. Everybody's the bad guy for a little bit, right? And so you're <laughs> constantly you're on this ride of like, it, again, that can be effective if done right. But it never there was never a strong enough connection with any of the characters to make it feel like that was done well or effectively. Right. And I would say, and this is kind of a minor note, um, there's just a feel to it. To me, it still felt, and maybe it was just those jarring moments of the way that it was cut with the the crazy, gruesome violence and gore at times. There was just a sense at times that this was like a a soft horror film, you know, like it 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 wanted to be a horror film, mm-hmm. but it needed to tone it back to not make it itself right. an actual horror film. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing was that it was l- missing that clear. Like if they had, if Rio could been like a suicidal. A homicidal guy and yeah. he just went around like slaying people all the time and it would have been a this would have basically been a horror movie right in right. my mind you know and it wouldn't have been a great one but it, yeah it would have had a clearer sense of like what it's trying to be exactly so yeah what'd you rate it i thought about it a lot why don't you give your rating first let me finalize my thoughts here again because <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm like now that we talked about it i'm like Man, and i want to make it official i don't want to change my mind I don't want to be wishy-washy yeah i like the idea i like the idea of so yeah i i I liked it. I like the thoughts behind it. I like a lot of the sentiment, I guess, of what it was trying to be. Yeah. I just don't feel like it. I was just bugged that I felt like it could have been a lot better in a series format. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a 70. Okay. I'm kind of right close to you. I'm going to, I actually would have given it a 73. Okay. Which is a C minus. Um, that's pretty high in comparison. I was actually just looking at this on Rotten Tomatoes. It's at like a 26% yeah. liked yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really low. Yeah. Uh, the critics are a little higher with it. They're at 4.8 out of 10. Yeah. So the critics are kind of liking it maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I definitely understand why people might not like it. So I'm not For sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, like if somebody came up to me like I gave that movie an F. That was awful. I wouldn't try and defend it. Right. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, definitely not for everybody. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, cool. So you got a chance to see another Yes. one of our I took the leap, Matt. You took the leap and you saw Leap yes. this weekend. Yes. So why don't you break that down for us? Oh, okay. I'll do my best. Okay. So Leap, an orphan girl, dreams of becoming a ballerina and flees her rural Brittany for Paris. Brittany is a location in Paris. It's a town, village. In oh, Paris. her name's not Brittany. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, where I did have to this clarify This is already that. really relatable. Yeah, because okay. it is a place <laughs> um, where she passes for someone else and, and 
well, I don't know what that word is there. Basically, she she takes on the position of a pupil at the Grand Opera House. Um, so seeds, uh, seeds. There you go. I couldn't see it. My my computer <laughs> is too far out there. So I apologize. Uh, it's directed by two people, Eric Summer and Eric Warren. It stars Ella Fanning, uh, Dane DeHaan, and Carly Jepsen as the voice actors. Those are kind of like the the primary voice actors. You've also got Maddie Ziegler, who plays Camille, is kind of one of the antagonistic characters. Uh, Tamir Kapilane plays Rudolph, um, and Julie Connor, who's Regine. Um, so. This movie's a kids' movie. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, is it like Death Note? No, not oh, okay. like Death Note. This movie, oh man, there's so much that you can just get if you just watch the trailer for it, and it just makes it completely obvious what to expect. And that's pretty much exactly what the movie is. Um, there was, um, I'm trying to think of some good things to say. <laughs> is the problem with this one right here? Uh, so, uh, I will say there was moments where. I slightly chuckled. Okay. There was a couple kind of funny-ish type moments <laughs> that were not the worst things I've ever heard. Oh, Mel Brooks is in it. Okay. Um, which he was entirely misused in this in this film. He played sort of a uh, landlord, if you will. I don't know, like a house manager okay. um, of an orphanage. So both of the kids are orphans and they kind of have grown up together and they both decide, hey, let's go to the Paris, let's go to big city. Yeah. You know, the the one kid, Dane DeHaan's character, uh, Victor, um, wants to, <laughs> Victor, sorry, Victor. That's, from another, that's from a different movie, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> um, he wants to be this inventor and he's kind of like this goofy, um, really crass at times but like very he falls over a lot and he runs into things he's kind of like the hijinks character um he wants to be an in- inventor mm. um and then so uh Elle fanning l fanning plays uh felici and she wants to be the um the dancer she wants to be this ballerina dancer girl and this amazing thing Felice, felice 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 sorry felice um their relationship felt Real in okay. a sense, okay. I thought that like because they were both kids, that felt like a very realistic relationship that sh- that they would have with each other. I'm really trying to search here for good okay. things. Okay, there was a couple chuckle moments. There was a couple. Their relationship was kind of good. There were stakes that were like, th- like I felt like rib? yes, exactly. Okay. There was very good meat in the film. <laughs> no, uh, there was like it didn't feel like they phoned it in. It wasn't like they just like went super like. Well, everything's happy now, yeah, and you live yeah. happily ever after. Like there is a happily ever after type spoiler ending. Okay, but it's it's a bit earned. You know, okay. it's not like they just kind of were like, and then everything wrapped up nicely with a bow. There was kind of some deeper areas, some darker areas that they kind of went into. Sure, tiptoed, very much tiptoed. I, I I'm not you. saying that it really. It's not like it was like an up type thing where you're basically in verge of crying. Um, okay. So those were some minorly good aspects uh, okay. for me. Um, How about the other side of the yeah, thing? Yeah, okay, yeah. So um, <laughs> we talked about this. Uh, the voice acting, because this was originally a French film yes, that was redubbed and voiced over by American, you know, obviously English-speaking people and then brought over to America – I was a bit concerned about the voices not matching, sort of matching with the mouth movements. With the mouth movements, but I've watched dub things before and generally been able to kind of like, okay, put that aside right. to forget about it. But <laughs> that was definitely there. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely moments where 
the characters' mouths were not matching with the actual words that they were saying, and it was yeah. very obvious. But there was a couple additional animation and sh- like editing and shot selection issues with that that turned that in dialogue issues that turned that into a real problem for me. Really, very distracting issue at times. It almost became comical because. Oh, tell me about this. So first of all. This is kind of minor, but their eyes at times, I don't know if they were doing this on purpose, but their eyes would go in like different directions. So they would be like, you know, they would like look at something and yeah. their eyes would like, one would kind of go askew. And I'm like, are they doing that to try and like, because you've seen that before, like when bug eyes or yeah. something like that. And I was thinking that maybe they were doing like a loopy eye type thing, but I couldn't tell if they were doing that. And one of the characters has... Like, like, uh, a, like a, Mel Brooks's character has like a lazy eye. Yeah. And so they make a comment about that. And so I was like, maybe they're just doing something with the eyes. Like that's a thing. But I don't know. And so it was distracting at times because the eyes would, <laughs> <laughs> well, eyes are the windows of the face, Matt. And so that would distract me. And then. That would be distracting. Additionally, there was moments in the script that they would say a line that felt like it was a decent enough line, but wasn't what the original context and the situation of the line called for. So right. like there's a moment where Elle Fanning's character is um, talking to uh, Carly Reed Jepsen's character, which is Odette, which by the way, I felt like if they had switched voice actresses, I would have been nine times or 10 times better with oh. it because uh, Elle Fanning did not sound like a little tween, like 11 to 12 year old. She sounded like an adultish type. She's got kind oh, of a, gotcha. like a deeper kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. sound. And she did not sound like this little, you know, tween girl huh. um, who's wearing Daisy Duke cut off kind of short jean pants in, I think whatever era of France, this is like way in the past France. The cowboy. Yeah. So it's like 1800s France, France and she's wearing like Daisy Duke jeans. It's like, what? That's weird. You know? So there was like some choices there at the time. But anyway, <laughs> the dialogue, like, so in the scene, uh, Felicity's talking to Adette and they're like, they're scrubbing the stairs together and Felicity says something to her just about like what she likes and wanting to dance. And then it cuts to the shot of this like high shot of like the stairs of like this. And it's almost like she was saying something about the stairs and they cut to the shot of the stairs, but she was talking about something different in the film. Huh. So it felt like they were talking about topics incorrectly. Like the original edit said that like, oh, she's going to say something about the stairs here. So we'll show the stairs. But instead they're like, well, we can't make that work. So we're going to do this instead. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So it's, I don't know how, how much that's the case. I, I haven't seen the original. Obviously, I don't know what the translation is. Well, it's funny because we were just talking about how like if we're watching something that has dubs like that, especially like if it's like an anime or something like yeah. that, it's, we prefer the subtitles. I do. Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> do. And I think this is a situation where... The subtitles would have helped. I think the voice acting, not like anybody did a necessarily a bad job with it. I felt like they were all trying. Yeah. But none of the, for the most part, none of the voice acting was like, that was really good. I really got that. That really fit. That really, I feel like they lost a lot, but I felt like they probably tried to bring in these other voiceover actors. One, because they brought in like Carly Rae Jepsen, who's Odette, and they had her do a song. You know what I mean? And so it's like they're probably Call having... Me maybe, but in French? Yeah. So it's like they're trying to bring in some additional talent to like draw names and draw attention to it and try and make it like this big release. But it didn't really work in their favor. None of the... And I've actually heard, from what I understand, they had to do some re-recording of some of the voice acting with different actors. Oh. They like brought people in and then changed their minds. And 
it, it felt that way. It felt like the voice acting was more of just like, well, we need somebody in there right, versus right. like, who's the best voice for Let's this? Let's just pick somebody. Yeah, I think Dane DeHaan did a decent job as Victor. I, I don't think he did a poor job. I think out of pretty much all of them, him and Camille, uh, who plays, who's played by an actual young girl, um, Maddie Ziegler, I think she's a Disney actor or Nick ad- actor. Excuse okay. me. Okay, I gotcha. So... That was really tough, trying to get into the animation, just the craziness and not knowing the shots, what was going on. That was really tough. And then additionally, for the most part, it wasn't um, funny. I Like I said, I laughed a couple times, but there's a lot of fart jokes. There's really? a couple, yeah, like, you know, lighting farts on fire jokes. There's a couple, wow. like, there's you know, within the first five minutes, there's a guy nut shot, you know, and it's just like, come on, you know, and you can kind of already tell. And I don't know. There's just this, it's almost... It almost felt at times like it was a self-aware film that was like trying to not, like trying to parody itself. Like it was almost trying to be stupid on purpose huh. is how it kind of felt at times. Interesting. And I haven't had a lot of chance to like write that out yet. But yeah. within the first few minutes, I was, I found myself more often, I would say, laughing at how stupid something looked or came across <laughs> than yeah. it really ever came across as being like, funny because of the actual stuff that was in it right the actual dialogue or the actual situation um it was very unrealistic obviously i mean i wasn't expecting too much realism but you know the little dancer girl felici she uh she learns basically how to be on point within i think the course of like six days which i don't know if you know anything about ballet but that takes years for some people I mean, yeah, I don't know anything about ballet. <laughs> it takes a really, really, really long time because it's basically when you can get your standing on the tips of your toes. Oh, okay. And that takes for some girls that takes like months, if not years. Maybe not years, but I think at least months. It takes a. It definitely takes longer than six days to figure out how to get yourself on point. And so, she's like this girl that like literally knows nothing about ballet, nothing. She just really has a passion for dancing, mm-hmm. and suddenly learns how to be so good at ballet that she's literally competing with girls that have been doing it for years on end. And it's all comes down to, and this is the the stupid, silly thing that's in every kids' movie that was comes down to heart, yeah, and passion. And if you have the heart and you have the passion, then eventually things will work out. You know what I mean? And again, they did some good things there because it showed that like, well, you do actually have to work hard and yeah. sometimes you can get discouraged and bad things can happen, but there wasn't a lot of depth sure. to any of the characters. Everything sure. was very kind of surface level. And I gotcha. Wow. Well, rate this thing. Yeah. So on a scale of one to 100, E to B to F, I would give this a D minus. All right. Put it at like a 61%. 61. Yeah. I would say there, I would actually say for young girls, this might be somewhat enjoyable okay. film because the, the main dancer girl, um, Elle Fanning's character is like the main character and it really kind of follows her story more than anything. And so if you have a young girl and she's into dance and she, or a boy, they're into dance, I guess, then- yeah. Show them this movie. They might enjoy it. Oh, okay. Gives them an inspiration to keep dancing and to do well. And to leap. To take the leap. To take the leap. No, I mean, there's like a scene. This is like the most ridiculous thing. There's like a scene and it's like close to like the end of the film. And there's a couple different climaxes, like things you think are climaxing and then they go. Oh, like Return of the King. Yeah. It's like, well, this has a climax and this is a climax. So it's like there's relational climax and then there's like dancing climax and engineering climax. Um She's like in this contest with that girl, uh, Camille, to like figure out if who's going to be this dancer in this. They're not even dancing for that, but it, that's kind of, you know that that's going to be the case. But they're like figuring out who can be the dancer in this big performance. And uh, they're, they're dance battling with ballerina moves, which is in and of itself 
ridiculous. And that's what I'm saying. That's I'm laughing more at the fact that they're having a dance battle to yeah. ballet and they're taking it seriously. <laughs> that was more funny to me than anything. And they get in front of this giant, like 15 to 20 foot staircase, marble, very long, like, yeah. elegant staircase. And you can tell that they've been building up to, you know, Elle Fanny's character doing this like f- super fancy, I don't know what the move is, but it's like when you jump and you like spin in the air and then your legs like float out. You oh, know what I mean? A whirly bird. A whirly bird. That's what it's uh, called, I, I no think, technically. It <laughs> it's a whirly bird français, I believe. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's doing this whirly bird. And well, she doesn't do the whirly bird. She's standing from the staircase. And the only thing I'm thinking is like, you're about to take a leap off of 15, at least 15 step staircase with marble slab. Throughout all of it. Sounds like If you jump down six staircase, like if you've ever just jumped down stairs before on carpet, that really hurts. And there's no good way of landing 15 steps. You got a barrel roll, you, right? Yeah. So she they she like looks over at sort of her one of her mentor characters and he like looks at her knowingly and he like nods. And I'm like, you just encouraged this like tween girl to do a flying leap off of like this giant staircase. I'm like, in any other context, that would break someone's everything. Like they would probably <laughs> die from doing a fly, flying twirly bird leap off of the staircase. And of course, you know, she flies off and she like sticks the landing and it's like perfect and it's emotional. I just kept thinking like she should have died. <laughs> you know? You're like, let's rewrite this and make well, it they really would, dark. They, I know I'm going way too far in this because we were just wrapped up in our even review here, but like there'd be moments where it would be kind of realistic and they would try to portray it and then they'd have a moment where this guy's like flying through the air with like a, a wing suit. Seems reasonable. You know, it's just, nah. <laughs> That's the exact opposite of what I would say for this film. Well, hey, I'm really glad to hear- I took about, a leap into the unreasonable. I'm glad to hear how passionate you are about yeah. this about this movie, <laughs> which there in turn go. reminds me, because this actually wraps up our film review segment of the yes. show, Yeah. and this reminds me, if you get a chance to see this fantastic film, aka Leap, <laughs> exclamation mark, email us. There you go. Email us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. If you take the leap. Yeah, let us know if you would take the leap. And I'm curious to see like the eyes like going crazy. Like, do you guys see that in there? Let us know if you see that. (laughs) I would actually be interested to know because I feel like that's like not a lot of people are going to see this, but it was distracting. Oh, yeah. I was again, it it was something I was laughing at because of what was in there, but not because they did on purpose. I was like, are your eyes supposed to go like? <laughs> yeah. But uh, again, uh, reach reach out to us. Let us know what you thought of that. That or Death Note, if you had a chance to check that out. But also, um, connect with us uh, social media, um, yeah. Facebook.com. So the lighting, media. the lighting was good. The false lighting was great. In Leap, no. The animated lighting. I'm talking about, yes, was decent. They had decent they had, shading and lighting. They had, okay, awesome. Not on their skin tones, awesome. but at least in the environment. All right, so 62% instead of 61, the lighting was 61.5. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a full percentage um, of lighting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, find us on our uh, Instagram and Twitter at Real Review Media as well. But, uh, Are we before, doing Tube Talk? Yeah, we're going to do Tube okay, Talk. Okay, well, let's do it then. Yeah. But uh, but anything else you want to add to the movie no. segment? Just stop it now, because otherwise I'll keep talking. Okay, we're going to stop it. We're going to okay. stop it. <laughs> right. But stay tuned. We're going to get into our Tube Talk segment next. Oh, yeah. That's right, Matt. <laughs> Game of Thrones, you know what happens when an ant... <laughs> Loves a John Snow. When <laughs> an aunt and a nephew. When an aunt and a nephew on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Both have that feeling like they really care about each other. That dragon and the wolf. In a very inappropriate way. Goes a little 
Something like this. Nobody cares <laughs> if it happens in your oh, bloodline. There it is. There it is, guys. Yeah. So that's our uh, that's our review of this most recent season finale. Yeah, it's the season finale of Game of Thrones yes. season seven. Um, man, that music is just the best background music it's ever. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the exact. Uh, they should have played this during that whole scene with John and Daenerys. Well, Tyrion is sitting there, like, watching them through <laughs> the hallway. The awkwardly <laughs> staring at each other, like, right. what is he doing? Yeah. Which I didn't really get. I didn't really get the awkward stare. I have thoughts about that. You have thoughts about that. I have thoughts about that. I don't think it's because he's in love with her. Some people are claiming no, that I don't think. No, I don't think it is either. Um, I, I think... In, We'll get into this. Let's just say, hey, this is a tube talk segment. We're obviously going to be talking about the uh, Game of Thrones season finale. Yes. And for those of you that <laughs> we've just lost how all of our listeners is like, what's going on here? Uh, that aren't in on what we're talking about. We're talking about the uh, now officially romantic relationship that is officially official. Yes. According to. And if you're new to this, uh, we do spoilers. And John. We yeah. do spoilers on tube talk. So. Um, just be warned if you haven't if you haven't seen it, then don't watch or listen. I guess yeah. don't listen to us. So there's been a lot of dramatic tension, yeah. or a lot of back and forth in the world of people saying that there's no way that these two should get together because yeah. they're aunt. And, but you know, well, to be fair, yeah, they do not know that they are related. They don't yet. Yes. Yeah. So you can't blame them for consciously making a decision to hook up. Right. I don't blame them. <laughs> right. I don't blame them. Right. But this is why you wait until marriage, Matt. Because <laughs> of things like this. This is why you wait you until... Test, you get the blood test done. This, and... is, this is why you wait until your super weird brother who calls himself the three-eyed raven tells you yes where you come from well the fun okay the weird thing about this is i don't know if you remember but way back i think it was even in season one one of the characters was kind of giving john some shade about the fact that he never hooked up with any of the girls at like the whorehouse or oh, okay. around these like all these girls i think it might have been Greyjoy, maybe theon or might i don't, I don't know, know if it was theon but somebody gave him some crud about the fact that he never hooked up with any of the girls around the town and um he goes, well, it's because, you know, I'm a bastard. I don't know who my family is. I don't know who my mom is. I don't know who my sister are. Yeah. And I don't want to, it's it's like, well, that came full circle. Like, right, I right. guess, you know, maybe you should have been a little bit cognizant of your words <laughs> he way back used, in season. Uh, I think maybe one or two. I think it was one. But. Should have used Ancestry.com. There you go. Checked got it that, out. Got that uh, sorted yeah. out. But Send a rating um, to the Citadel and be like, I, you I, tell me? I thought this was an awesome episode. Yeah. Overall, Absolutely. Incredible episode. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I, I think um for for it being a long episode. Yeah. Uh it was really, really good. Yeah. The the episode itself kind of set itself up. The first half with yeah. just I mean everything with Cersei and Danny yeah. and Danny and um John, you know, and Tyrion and Cersei and Jamie and Cersei. It kind of and <laughs> Are we gonna call him Aegon now or what are we gonna do? We could call him Aegon if Aegon? you want. So there's a whole because there's a whole big craziness now. I don't know if you were have looked into this at all, but because I was searching because I wanted to find out sort of lineage wise, because John is now technically due to the fact that his parents were married. Yeah. He wasn't born a bastard. Mm-hmm. Due to the fact they were married, John is technically the heir to the throne. Right. Yeah. Because it's passed through the the prince. He's the mm-hmm. um Rhaegar. Rhaegar's dad, son. right? Yeah. Was married to Lyanna. Le- Lyanna. Lyanna Stark. Yeah. And Rhaegar was the prince, and so he had a son, and so it passes to John. So he's technically the heir. So I was doing some research to find out like the history of it. 
he had another son, and this is what's so confusing about it, named Aegon. Yeah. So he had two sons named Aegon who were both named by different people. Right. I don't know how that worked. I don't know what why they did that. That was so confusing to me at first because it's like, why would she, Lyanna, name him Aegon when he already had a son named Aegon? Because Aegon died technically in the right. show by the mountain when they sieged, you know, back prior to the events of the series, the sh- the series when they sacked uh, King's Landing and they killed all the yeah. Targaryens and the Targaryen King, the Mad King. Yeah. Um, the mountain went in there and killed the kids and raped the girl and killed the girl and horrible stuff. But he was still alive when right. John was born. So there was two Aegon. So I don't even know why Rhaegar would have been like, yeah, that's cool. Let's name him like the same thing as my other son. Yeah, I don't know. So, well, it, yeah, it could have been possible. Rhaegar wasn't there when he was born. It was just Lyanna and Ned. Yeah. So maybe Lyanna was just like, hey, let's do Aegon. Maybe they just didn't have that conversation or yeah. something. So I, I would think that somebody would have sent him a raven saying like, hey, this kid is yours and its name is Blah. Well, that was back in the day <laughs> before they had like Verizon type <laughs> Verizon ravens. Verizon type so, ravens. Even yeah. a runner, somebody to tell. I mean, yeah. he's prince of the realm. You would think they would send somebody to say, you got a kid. Yeah, His name is know. Blah. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a little confusing too because um, a lot of people now are like, is he that Aegon? Is he that? Was he supposed to be? Was there a switch at birth? Like what happened? Yeah. yeah. And per the narrative of the book, I don't want to spoil things too much, but there's some talk about a dip, the the original Aegon in the book. There's some talk about that original character Aegon. So it's like yeah. I'm wondering if there's supposed to be more information coming out about this because it's very unclear. I was confused because I thought that the Three Eye Raven would have already known all of this. But I guess... We learned, we learned that, that he needs, like, guidance. Like, right. he, he says he knows everything, but he has a potential to know everything. He doesn't just know everything. Right. He has to purposefully, I think, go in and look at those memories. Right. Because yeah. he, he doesn't just, like, the information, he just doesn't know everything. Right. And so Sam comes in there, and Sam's like, hey, can you go look at this? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he goes and he looks at the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you're right. And yeah, like, oh, that was funny because he's like, oh, John's on his way. And he's like, oh, did you see that? And he hands up the paper like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a raven, yeah. bro. And that was really funny. Um, um, yeah, but that was a good tie-in because we had seen Sam get that bit of information prior mm-hmm. and everybody's like, ah, Sam, yeah. you didn't realize what's going on. Yeah. But he did, uh, I don't know, maybe he he calmed down and they talked about it on their trip over there or something like that where Gilly was like, hey, I told you this earlier. Don't think you heard me. Yeah, uh, maybe hey. they talked about it yeah. again. Or so, just really good. He's got a really good memory, so maybe just stuck in there. Something like that. But yeah. I, I will say this. I did like, the first half of this episode was actually pretty slow I actually did like it though. Like it was kind of a, when I say slow, not in a bad way. I mean like it was kind of a, a slow down as far as um, it's not the whole se- this whole season has been very much kind of jumping around a lot, especially the last episode. Yeah. Jumping around from one place to the next place to the next place. Something else happened. In I mean, episode six, else, the penultimate one or this seven? six, six. Okay. And so jumping around this one was like, we're going to set up this really long thing where they're all getting to meet in this like uh, dragon stadium thing. Yeah. And um, you get to see a bunch of cool reunions uh, happen. And then it's this like big like council where a bunch of gangs are together. They don't like each other, but they're going to try and hash this out. Yeah. For the sake of the greater good. Right. Um, there was some good tension there. Yeah. Some real very good effective tension. scene with one of the white walkers. Yeah. So that was good. Um, Although it didn't make sense why he would like 
get quiet. <laughs> that was kind of it, odd. It was just, it was a dramatic yeah. tension thing. Yeah. I thought it was effective though. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but like earlier it's like they would like bump into it, barely right. touch it. And he's like, Row! but like now right. you take the lid off and he's just like, yeah, I don't care. I like that though. Um, I loved, okay. First of all, let me say Cersei is going to go down in history as just one of the most menacing, just like evil people in a show ever. She's gone full crazy. Yeah. I mean, she definitely has lost it. And on top of that, I know, I know I, I fall for a lot of things in television shows. I don't like try to f- like figure out what's happening ahead of time. Like if I can help it. Yeah. Um, but I was laughing when Euron was like, uh, can these things swim? Okay. I'm just going to go to my island <laughs> yeah. and they're not going to get us. That was well, a great turn. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. That scene was great. Turns yeah. out it's, that's not really what he's doing, but I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, so I fell for that part, but which that was built very well Yeah, because that also then led to sort of the full breaking now of the relationship between Cersei and Jamie. Yeah. Which that was such a tense moment because you're wondering. I thought he was going to die. I really did too because she like, even oh. did like the little head well, nod like, and, and I was like, oh, sort no. out. And, yeah. And that was such a tense moment. I was like, really thought he was actually yeah. going to get get sliced um, or maybe get in a fight and run away or something like yeah. that. I don't know. But that was pretty tense. Yeah. I really just felt like in this episode, it's been slowly getting there, but we're seeing the show as it gets closer to the ending. I mean, this this has been one of the best payoffs of any show I've invested in in the course of history of right. watching television, but we're seeing the world shrink. We're seeing yeah. the characters at, that they've gone on these big reaching journeys and had these horrible, some of them awful experiences and really get impacted and yeah. some of them, but really grow as well as people and character and abilities. And now we're seeing the characters sort of all come back together. Yeah, And the amazing, beautiful thing about it in a way is that Although there's been a lot of fluff, there's been a lot of stupid stuff that hasn't been necessary to the plot and it's kind of winded in different areas and stretched things out at times, we are seeing the fruition of the elements of the story even from the very beginning. Like I said, even with John in the very first episode or first season, I should say, saying that the reason he doesn't hook up with girls is because he doesn't know who his mom is. Right, right. You know, so we're seeing those things come together right. and it's been amazing to just have all of those people sitting around that little panel and talking to yeah. each other. You know, Danny's been in a completely other section of the world for yeah. the, almost the entirety of it. Yeah. Um, the dragons, the Snow's mountain. Never been and King's Landing yeah, either. the mountain and the hound. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just all of this stuff coming together in such a crazy way. They got um, their work cut out for them next season, you know, which is probably like a year and a half out. But I, I, don't, I don't, man, that's going to be craziness. And um, let me just say, and I think we both talked about this, we both called it last week. That this this like feuding Arya Sansa thing is is not what it seems. It's not going to last, and that's kind of what we. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. That right. was a payoff, and I really liked the turn. I saw it coming, but um, was I wasn't bit, sure. The yeah. thing with Game of Thrones is you're never really sure, right? So there's I, always a little bit of doubt. I know. So yeah. I was like. Oh, what's happening right now? Yeah. And then she's like, uh, you are um, guilty of these crimes. What do you have to say for yourself, Lord Baelish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I called that he was going to die. Oh, I yeah, knew he was yeah, going to yeah. die. I didn't yeah. know when. Yeah. I didn't know if it was going to be this soon or not. I didn't know if Arya was going to do it or Sansa was going to do it. I assumed it was going to be Arya. Yeah. I was, I, as the episode was with progressing. With the blade of brand. <laughs> right. With the, as the episode was progressing, I was actually thinking that maybe Arya had done that whole weird back and forth with Sansa 
and then gone and killed Littlefinger and actually was assuming his had already killed him and was assuming his identity yeah. and was setting Arya Sansa up to show her true colors. I was waiting for like a Mission Impossible Right, thing exactly, to take yeah. off the head, but that never <laughs> happened. And I'm glad because that yeah. was just, that would have been a little, I wanted to see Littlefinger die. Cause We've seen a really it. good version of that at the very beginning of the season too. Yeah. Where basically she kills like 50 people. Yeah. So that, that and that's very true too. So I was glad that it felt like they didn't waste they definitely kind of set you in one direction and then pulled up the rug from under you a little right. bit, but they didn't waste that. Right. Where I felt like a lot of the stuff that had happened with Arya in prior season in her training and yeah. all that stuff got wasted. It just kind of was there for yeah. fluff. You know what? That that does remind me, and I did want to bring this uh, up, and I remember I texted you earlier about it. I, I One of my favorite things in any medium, whether it be uh, film, television, um, is, is like that reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I got a lot of that tonight and I felt like, um, or not tonight, but w- when I watched it and I felt like the, um, that's something that happened a couple times in a very satisfying way. I love seeing like Sansa and, and Arya being like, all right, Hey, we're cool. You know, we're sisters again. Let's mm-hmm. do this thing. You're good at what you do. I'm good at what I do. Let's just do it. They learned to together. just make do with each right. other. I was like, I was like, good. Okay. No, right. stop this weird fighting that was happening last week. You know, good. That's awesome. The other one that I really love the most and I probably had the most like emotional connection with was when John forgives Theon. Yeah. Um, cause Theon, he was terrible. He was terrible. Right. And he, he went through some terrible stuff and he's just, he's been very remorseful right. for a little while now and he doesn't know how to reconcile that. He doesn't feel like he need, like he can get forgiveness and he's kind of stuttering and mumbling to John and all this stuff. And John, he, John is still mad, but he just does like, like the bigger thing and actually forgives him for yeah. what he can't forgive him for. And Theon was just like kind of just baffled and speechless and, ah, I just thought that was so good. And <laughs> I just love seeing that. And then Theon, like all of a sudden, just like this new courage goes and like takes out this dude <laughs> after getting beat up a little yeah. bit um, to go save his sister Yara. But I love that yeah. part. Which I it was a very good redemptive moment yeah. for Theon because he's needed to recoup from, I guess, a lot of the yeah. stupid stuff he's done yeah. and has been done to him. Yeah. A lot of the bad things. Yeah. So I agree. It was a, it was a nice moment, and I thought John handled that very. Uh, you can tell he was mad. Very royally. You could yes. tell. Yeah, you could tell he was mad, but he was kind of holding himself back. Right. Yeah. He's like, you know, like yeah. And he finally <laughs> said, like the one thing that you watch this show and you are constantly like one of the things that I'm constantly saying to myself is like. Because he's like, well, I, I didn't know if I should be a Stark or I should be a Greyjoy. And he's yeah. like, you're both. You're a Stark and a Greyjoy. Yeah. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. You can be both. Because it's like they always make these big deals with the houses and, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know, the bloodlines and everything. And you're like, thank you. You yeah. can not worry about all that crud. Just yeah. move on with it. So that was a big thing for me as well. I also really, the way that it concluded, because Ugh. I've been constantly going like, when are the walkers going to get there? When are the White Walkers right. going to get there? And then to have the dragon, and I called the blue flame, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's going to be a blue flame for sure. To have him, and then not only that, but to have the guy riding on him. And the Night King, yeah. The Night King riding on the back of the dragon, and then blow up the wall. It I took mean, him that like was two minutes. Amazing. It literally took that thing nothing but two minutes to take down that wall. But it was, it was so cool. Yeah, it was you really know? cool. Yeah. yeah, and it just, I don't know, it was like, it, they really built the tension up yeah. for this coming episode. And obviously, you know, John and Danny are like a thing now. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. 
I'm assuming that's going to be a lot deeper than just like a, it, it didn't come across as like a fling sort of a thing. And I will make the prediction mm-hmm. now, Danny's going to be pregnant at some point. Because, because they talked about yeah, it. They've set it up like yeah. three times now where, you yeah. know, I can't have kids. You know, I can't have kids. And John's like, hold my beer. I'm right. <laughs> and so like, they're going to, they, she's going to have kids. It's just a matter of, is she going to find out before, are they going to find out that they're related and then they find out they have a kid? Or is it going to be like, that happens before they find out? Like, when is that going to fall? There's an interesting interview you can watch. It's like a behind-the-scenes HBO thing that they released on YouTube. It, it talks about the implications of that and how that's going to potentially affect next season. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting to see. I don't, the thing is, is, I don't know if Daniel will have a problem because it's, Cause it's a Targaryen thing. Targaryen thing, and she kind of had a weird relationship with her brother, to right, be honest, right, right. and that's just kind of normal for the Targaryens. Not for the Starks, though. Right, but not for the Starks. <laughs> Definitely not for Jon, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see because I think the the sad thing about it is both of them have lost great loves yeah. and both of them have been through really bad situations with loved ones and seeing them die and and having to choose sides and stuff. And it, so it's just tough that like both of them in a way, and I know they're just characters, but this is, you empathize with them. Yeah. They, they're both just like learning to love yeah. <laughs> and like now they're going to get the rug pulled out in a very paternal like fam- familial way yeah so um, and we joke about the whole like you know if loving you is wrong but I, I fully could see them ending up together yeah so and that's the thing too people keep saying is that this is not earth yeah you know this is some distant place that's nobody really it's it's got its own roles yeah I mean it's got white walkers yeah and, you know so here's the thing I, I keep seeing that and that's that's fine but they gotta. I think they gotta do something clever with the writing too to maybe be, if that's gonna happen, bring people on board potentially. Yeah. Um, One last twist that I think they're gonna throw in here that we haven't seen yet. I think Hodor is part of the White Walkers. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, he died. That'd be crazy. He oh even, man, what if he gonna... kills Bran? Oh, that would be so sad. Be <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Hodor. <laughs> um, oh, so. Okay, so the one thing I want to mention earlier was it was that long stare that Tyrion is giving. Yes, the like, awkward. The, yeah, like it's as like John goes into Danny's room. Yeah. So I was like, because the the prior episode, he constantly was just talking about, well, you got to have an heir, you got to have an heir, and right. I don't. I don't. <laughs> at least think, he's trying. So I don't think it's a a matter of like he loves her. I think it's a matter of this is going to complicate things because I am yeah. the hand of the hand of the queen. Yeah. But you've been listening a lot more to kind of what what he's been saying, Jon Snow's been saying, and, yeah. and now you're taking counsel and this, now you guys are going to be really close. He's taking a lot of counsel. Yeah, so They're like... both counseling it's, it's, each other she, there. He's more of, I think, I took it more of like a concern, like what, um, like what does that mean for me in my position? Like what's happening? I, I think that's is basically... I it. could see that. The other, the, I, heard, I saw another um, theory of... Um, we didn't see the end of Tyrion's conversation with Cersei. Yeah. So maybe like he betrayed right. them somehow. Right. Maybe he's aware of what Cersei's planning on doing. Right. Or maybe he made a deal with Cersei and Cersei backed. Because we don't, Tyr- Tyrion's been a bit wavery yeah. in this season. I've actually, that's kind of one of the, the only things about this season I haven't liked too much. I feel like Tyrion's been a bit underutilized and a bit less Tyrion-y. Yeah. Esque. I mean, he's kind of, he threw a couple one-liners. I think the moment he had with Cersei where he went over and grabbed the wine and, yeah. you know, that was like the most Tyrion that we've seen yeah. of being like that in a while, which I thought that scene was very effective and mm-hmm. well done. It was good. Oh, the acting was fantastic. Yeah. Um, they both 
Good. I mean, if okay, so let me just say this just because overall I, I love the episode. I thought this the season moved at a much quicker pace than previous seasons. Yep. And it needed to. I mean, you're cutting out three yeah. episodes and I, I was able I, I liked it. I was on board. So I, I think um overall if I were to rate this thing, mm-hmm. um, I would give it a nine point five. The whole season? No. Just this episode. Just this episode. Uh whole season I, I liked it a lot. Um I can't rate I didn't watch the whole season. Oh, remember? that's fair. So yeah. I can't really rank it for I saw the cool parts I I wanted to see, but I didn't watch all I of gotcha. them. I got you. I okay, so for this episode I'd say yeah, nine point five ish, nine point yeah. six, right in that area. Uh the first half of the episode was a little dull. It wasn't yeah. like bad, it just it kind of took a little while to get going. It was cool as well, and I'll say this we're kind of done talking about, but it was cool to see the hound and uh Brienne Brian yeah. kind of mend some fences a little yeah. bit there and kind of work things I was just out, trying to so. protect Arya. So was I. Oh. Well she's alive. Cool. Okay. Oh cool, yeah. <laughs> Tormund man, that's gotta happen. Um I would give this episode around there. I think the season as a whole probably around a nine point two, nine point three. Okay. Right in that area. I mean very good. From I, what I know and from what we've gotten to see, because I did watch the loot train battle and that was the coolest dragon thing I've ever seen in anything. Yeah. And um, that alone was just yeah. super awesome. I, I my constant feeling from this season, as far as just overall pacing, was there was moments where it felt really fast, yeah, and then there was other moments where it felt a little slow. Episode six felt really fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, any of the times that they were transporting, yeah, felt super fast, and there's just sure. boom there. But then there was other things that really felt like okay, this didn't really need to be this long, right? Yeah. So cool. I, yeah, overall cool. Good super stuff. rad. Um, so that's going to wrap up uh, this this season's reviews of uh, Game of Thrones. But we do have another show. Coming back in 2019 or something. Yeah, gosh, it seems like forever. But um, it's only six episodes, too. Yep. Um, but yeah, we do have another show that, Joel, Joel, you had a chance to check out. And I haven't seen it, but um, it's called Atypical, yep. right? Yep. Uh, Netflix original? It is a Netflix original. Okay. Yes. Why, don't, why don't you break it down for us a little bit? Sure. So uh, its creator is Rabia Rashid. I'm hoping I got that one right. Uh, one of the creators of the Goldbergs as well in the okay. past, or the creator for the Goldbergs. Um, the synopsis for this one is Sam, an 18-year-old on the autism spectrum, decides it's time to find a girlfriend, a journey that sets uh, Sam's mom on her own life-changing path as her son seeks more independence. Um, there's a, a few people that are kind of involved in this one. I'll mention the big names. Uh, Keir Gilchrist is Sam, Jennifer Jason Lee as um, Elsa, Michael Rappaport as Doug, uh, Bridget Lindy Payne as Casey, his sister. So the Jennifer Jason okay. uh, is his mom, and then Michael Rappaport, Doug, is is his uh, father. I gotcha. And then Amy Okuda, who's Julia. Gotcha. In this show, um, there. So I, the one of the reasons that I checked this out was I was just kind of trying to find some stuff to watch because there wasn't a whole lot on. On the right on the the queue at the moment, we were still waiting for some of the shows to start back up for yeah. the coming season. And um, but it looked interesting, it looked kind of funny. And you watched the trailer for yeah. it on IMDb on the IMDb, and it looked pretty funny. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm a big fan of those kind of non typical, atypical, atypical, yeah, <laughs> uh, non stereotypical. I should Offbeat. say offbeat comedies, yeah. kind of quirky comedies, and that's kind of how it came across. It it felt like it it had some realism and some depth there, and one of the cool things about it as well is that they're dealing with a kid that, you know, has autism and he's not severely um, impacted. I mean, he is severe, pretty severely he's impacted. He's high functioning. But he's high functioning. Right. Yeah. So he's able to go around and, 
you know, still go to school and go to work and things like that. But there's definitely limitations that he has and right. particular limitations that go in interacting with social, socially interacting with other people. You know, the, the a huge chunk of this show is about him trying to find a girlfriend right. and wanting to be with a girl because he's incapable of relating on an emotional level with a person. Right. And so like a girl will show up and he'll be like, oh, that's an ugly shirt. You know, and they'll just say it. You know what I mean? Or you know, he'll walk up to a girl. Like, oh, would you like to go on a date with me? I'm attracted to you. I think you're attractive. You know what I mean? Um, there's a really funny scene actually in one of the episodes where there's this girl that's coming into the store. It's like it's the first episode, and she kind of like you know does like the, yeah. the smile and the nod at him, and and the guy that's with them, and his friend was a bit annoying yeah. and a bit unrealistic. He plays this. His friend plays this character that's like this. He's great with the girls, and he's always talking about hooking up with chicks. And it would be funnier if it was like more he was fronting. But then they actually show him with a lot of girls on the show, and it just oh, okay. doesn't seem realistic. Not that it should be, but it just seems like no girl would really ever go for a guy like that. Right. He's just all talk and everything. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, he Zahid is his friend, and he works at this electronics store. And so the girl like makes a smile at him in the store, and, and Zahid's like smile back at her, and he does this like really crazy smile because <laughs> he doesn't know how to just like do like a nice smile at somebody. He's just trying to smile. Yeah. And so she gets freaked out and she kind of runs off. Did you so. ever watch Parenthood? No. Some of the stuff you're talking about reminds me of this character named Max in Parenthood who's gotcha. high functioning autistic. Yeah. And there's a lot of those similar things. We'll just say stuff, and people are like. You can't say that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're familiar with um, Asperger's, yeah, this that's what kid, he has. Yeah, he has yeah. in the show. It's a very strong case of yeah. that, and so it's it's very difficult for him. And so um, he's seeing this psychologist or um, a therapist yeah. lady, and she's kind of helping him coach, coaching him through some of this stuff. And in a lot of ways, his life has gotten better. And I think one of the other things that's cool is um, the relationships and the relationship tension and drama and conflict that takes place in the show feels pretty realistic and it feels very honest. And his sister, uh, is really great. Um, I'd say a lot of the characters in the show feel a lot, look a lot older than the characters they're portraying in the show. They all look like they're probably more like almost at like a young college age and they're yeah. playing like high schoolers, which is very normal it's for a lot of these shows. But 90210. Yeah, but yeah. she's a great actress in the show. She's very relatable. Um, I would say a slight miscasting for me was Jennifer Jason Lee. Okay. Um, Michael Rappaport's okay. He's not bad. He does he does a good acting job, but he just feels a bit strange in the role for me, I think. Um, particularly Jennifer Jason Lee, she plays this dr- like uh, almost drill sergeant-esque. Like she's the one that had to like step up for the family and take charge because of the autism, but she right. like she likes that role. Yeah. She likes it a little bit too much. Yeah. And she's a bit rude and she's a bit condescending. Not just a bit, but she can be very rude yeah. and very condescending, and she's very. She points fingers at other people and blames things on other people, but she's kind of in charge of the family and she directs things. And that characterization is fine, but Jennifer Jason Lee just didn't really epitomize that to me very strongly. Sure, she didn't feel like she was capable of actually like the character, the way that she was acting, didn't feel like the kind of person that was being would be capable of the things of that they're portraying her as doing. Gotcha. Um, in particular. I don't want to spoil things too much, but there's some relational tension between her and her husband and some aspects of, you know, potential infidelity and things like that that kind of play out of the course of the story. And that just didn't feel very real to me. Not okay. that it's unrealistic that somebody would do that, but just the way that she acted in those moments and the way that it kind of progressed, it felt very forced Sure, is the best way that I could put it. Um, so I, I think she was a bit like rough for me. And I think that keeps me, her in particular, because she's a huge part of the story. Yeah. She kind of controls Sam and she's been the backbone of his life and trying to form 
who he's going to be and how he's going to live his life. And you can tell she doesn't want to let go of the reins. And Sam is trying to spread his wings and becomes this independent guy. And it's funny because he's, he's always asking questions and that gets him in trouble a lot because yeah. he doesn't understand things. So he'll go up and he'll ask questions. But the questions he asks are like really inappropriate. Right. <laughs> you know, like he walks up to one of these girls that's like, you know, as you can tell, she just kind of floats around and makes out with like all these different guys. And he walks up to the, this girl, and he's like, yesterday I saw you making out with that guy over there. Why are you making out with this guy now? And they're all like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> he just asks inappropriate questions. Yeah. So, but he's asking these questions, he's trying to figure things out. And this is kind of a sweet sense to him, although he can be very inappropriate at times. It's yeah. kind of like this innocence to yeah. him that you like. And the humor is there. And there's definitely moments where I was kind of like cracking up about particular things that people were saying and yeah. the way that they were reacting to each other in the moments. And it felt honest at times. Um, and it, they keep some complex conflict going. It doesn't feel like it's manipulative. It feels realistic, it, but there's some conflict of like the characters interacting with each other and, and how they're moving forward. And they definitely left things open uh, to move forward with season two. Um, okay, cool. So I think Sam is definitely, a, he does a great acting job. I As far as autism goes, and I will say this, I, I don't know a ton about autism. I've worked with a few kids at camps and stuff like that that have autism, but as far as what's realistic or not realistic with a person with high-functioning autism, I don't know how realistic that is. And I've read some articles on it, and they said that he did a good acting job, but the character himself kind of, he kind of has taken on the better parts of autism, and the more, because he's high-functioning, the more like funny, if you will, or relatable parts of autism, whereas it's a bit less like that in real life, which I get. I mean, it was the same thing with 13 Reasons Why. There's a bazillion things that probably happened to like kids that they don't show in these shows. Right. You know, if you're if you're in a high school life, 90% of your time is spent in a classroom sitting there taking notes yeah. and doing tests and reading and writing. And they don't show that because they have to make it so they can only focus on the good parts. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, but Sam is great. He's a really good job. It's really funny. And I would definitely encourage people to I've cool. watched the whole thing. Sounds comical. Um, it's comical. It's fun. Uh, it's a quick watch. I didn't feel like I was dragging my feet through it oh, cool. at any point. Um, I would say it's it's a strong PG-13. Okay. There's definitely some sexual crudity. I don't believe there's any nudity, but they definitely there's a lot of sex type stuff that happens in it. Language for sure. Sure. Um, but enjoyable and fun. Cool. And definitely suggest checking it out. Nice. So on a rating scale, Rate I would give this one an A minus. Uh, okay. About a 90, 91. Okay. I would cool. give it a higher one if not for unfortunately Jen for Jason. Lee. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, the trailer I watched is kind of funny. So I, I'll, it sounds like a fun watch, but um, especially yeah. while there's not a lot out. But agreed. What I'll do um, is I'll probably check that out. Maybe re rehash it later. Yeah, and you can watch it just as it is, yeah. but um, or as you're able. Um, I'd love to hear some viewers or listeners. Yeah, thoughts on the show. Check it out. Check out Atypical. Let us know what you thought. Also, tell us about uh, your thoughts on um, of Game of Thrones season yeah. finale series. So, well, not season, not series, season finale season for season finale. seven. Yes. And uh, let us know I'm if proud. it was everything you wanted it to be. Yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Email us, realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at realreviewmedia. There you go, man. Facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. On your way out. Oh, wait, on hold. There we go. There it is. There it is. You got you to gotta do it in the style of this. It's all about the dragon it's and the wolf. The dragon and the wolf. Anyway, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Yeah. Um, let us know what's up. Follow us. All that fun stuff. Joel, anything else you want to add? Yeah, just don't tell Luther Ingram we're playing him song because we'll get copyrighted. Right, me. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, hey, guess what? It's been real. It's been real.
Hey, Danny. We're on this boat together for a very long ride. I'm John Snake. <laughs> Do you want to join me in the lower cabins later? <laughs> it's my John Snow impersonation. Oh, man. <laughs> I saw you looking at me when you were riding on that dragon. I just knew something had to happen. <laughs> Earlier you told me I was hot, but that's just because I wear furs all the time. <laughs> You're fire and I'm ice. Let's get together and make some water. <laughs> 